The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Video games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games to play on your table and on your television. For a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well, I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the Podfather of PSVG himself, Donnie Reese. How are you doing this evening? Pretty good. Uh, it's late Sunday, and you know, I'm not looking forward to going back to work tomorrow. Um. But outside of that, I'm happy to be here podcasting with you, Kyle. I'm well. I'm very good. happy to be podcasting with you as well. Good spirits, dude. I I realized this earlier. I went to go get my car washed. I didn't do anything this weekend. Zero, nothing. Completely unproductive. Is that a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's that's where my head is at. I don't know if I should feel shameful or proud. Um, I played some video games today. So I guess like that counts. Like yesterday, I didn't even want to do that. Yesterday, yesterday, I did nothing. Nothing. I mean, I sat in a chair like the entire day. Did you watch TV or sports? Sure. Or... But like, okay. not, not like particularly, you know, like okay. I wasn't, it wasn't like I set out to consume anything. I think there was a Fast and Furious movie on at one point when I was like taking a nap. Like I just... <laughs> I just sat. I sat and laid. That's what I did. If you were like, Donnie, what did you do yesterday? That's it. You know, I think we all need those weekends from time to time, though. Boy, I feel bad. Like, you Why? should run or something. Like, just do something. Like, I'm I'm not super active to begin with. But, you know, most weekends, I'm playing games. I do a lot of cleaning. Like, last weekend, I cleaned the garage. You know, I usually clean my, my basement. You know, like, I'm, I do something, cut the grass. I didn't do anything. I just realized that earlier. Some guy was like, how's your weekend going? And I thought, it's like, oh, man, I haven't done a damn thing. Not one thing. I have no answer to this question. <laughs> yeah, weekends are always a, a, a funny thing because, you know, I always look forward to the weekend because I'm like, I'm so excited for the weekends when I don't have to do anything. But yeah. then typically I do a ton of crap on the weekend. And of if course. I don't, I feel really guilty about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now I feel like the- I just wasted this entire day that could have been used for something. Yeah. But if you had asked me yesterday, but like, hey, you want to do something? The answer is absolutely not. Yeah. Like, I did not want to move. I, I do think we need occasional weekends where we can just recharge the batteries, whatever that might be, whether that's doing nothing or doing something you just really enjoy that has no other like tangible benefit to society other than you enjoy doing it. Like, I think that is yeah. completely acceptable to do. Okay. So well, I wouldn't feel bad about it. I wish I could have done that. I totally didn't, but I wish I could have. Every time I say that to people, yeah, I think that's that's the 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 typical response. Like, I wish I could do that. I think that's what yeah, yeah that's what the guy at the car watch said. He's yeah. like, I've got an eighteen month old baby. I can't. And I was like, oof, yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, because that's old enough for you know you can't just like leave them in one spot and they're just gonna still be there. <laughs> so, gotcha. Well, Josh is not with us this week. Josh is feeling under the weather, so send him some. Uh, some love and support on social media, if you would. So he he wanted to be here tonight, but 
you know, we were fortunate that we had Donnie planned to be a guest anyway. Uh, so now it's just going to kind of be a, a two-person show. But, uh, you know, Donnie, Josh and I typically start with some sort of pregame. So since you were coming on, I figured the perfect pregame to talk about, uh, since, you know, you are, I think, one of the most well-versed and knowledgeable sports people in the PSVG universe. Uh, is there a sport that you wished you liked that you just don't, whether it be one that you wish you got into more to watch or one that you tried to play and you just didn't enjoy, but just really wish that you could, is there a sport that fits that mold for you? Definitely. Uh, it's, it's soccer and tennis. Okay. Why, why those two? I don't, I don't really under, I don't understand tennis. I think is ultimately like the, the 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 part of that soccer i do understand i understand a lot of the rules i actually had a, a friend group at one point in time maybe about eight years ago that were really into soccer so i would like casually watch it with him and found some enjoyment i'm just not that into it you know just i'm just not <laughs> um but tennis is one that i just tennis is one i just don't i just don't understand you know, like just the whole the scoring and the matchups and everything. Like, I mean, I, at a base level, like at a Wii Sports level, I understand the game. Um, but like to watch it, mm-hmm. I remember there was a a very viral moment with um, it's like Nadal and Federer. I don't know, like seven years ago or something that the world was captivated by. And the entire time I was just like, I don't. Why? Why does everybody care? <laughs> why does everybody care this much about this? oh man that's good that's good i tennis is actually an odd one that when i was growing up i watched a ton of tennis because my mom loved tennis tennis was huge in like the 80s wasn't it like every older person and i don't mean to say that like crazy old but like you know like adult person that i grew up with i think every adult person i knew loved tennis and tennis is like big in pop culture and it was like in the wheaties box and they were in commercials and it's just like man i yeah and, and I guess mom. we have the same and we have the, the Williams sisters and stuff, but like for whatever reason, man, like that, that's just, I don't know. I, I have very little knowledge or, or want to knowledge for any of that. The, my mom was, uh, had a huge crush on Andre Agassi. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as a result, uh, tennis was on many weekends in my home. Uh, I mean, the only thing baseball always superseded it, uh, but, you know, watch Wimbledon, watch the Australian Open, watch the U.S. Open. Like, those are things that, like, I grew up doing. So I, I understand how tennis works. I've tried playing tennis, and I'm like, it's fine. Whatever. Like, it's just not something I ever really got into. But Tennis is tough. Uh, what's that? Tennis is tough. I took a couple it lessons. So that's the other thing is you'd think with me being as into golf as I am that I would like it. I took a couple lessons from our tennis pro when I'd worked at golf courses in the local country club. Tennis is tough. It's hard. And I, even then, I think while I was taking lessons, I was like mocking him. I was like, <laughs> you should play golf. Like, what? what is this? Why are we here? Like, this is hard. This is just running too much. <laughs> For very short distances. Yeah. Yeah. Tennis. Yeah. Tennis is an odd one. Uh, for me, uh, the one I really wish, and this is more of like a, a, a FOMO thing right now. It seems like everyone is into F1. And oh. I just could care less about cars no. driving. I just don't care. No. I've tried to watch it. I, I mean, I obviously it's different, but I've tried watching NASCAR. I've tried watching F1. Like, I've tried, and I just don't care. And I wish I did, because it seems like 
one of like the sports of the time, like in kind of like you were talking about like tennis, like in the eighties, yeah. I feel like 30 years from now, everyone's going to be talking about like F1. This is a moment for F1. F1 yeah. is having like a global Renaissance. It's been yeah. since maybe like the early to mid nineties, like the whole Cinna and then Schumacher thing happened. And then I think, and this may be completely wrong, but I think for the most part, F1 really fell behind the wayside. Mm-hmm. At least in the states and America for the like the last twenty years, because um, we've had even like incredible amounts of greatness that even you know new F one fans just don't know anything about. Like obviously Lewis, he's won so many in a row. But even before that, Vettel, like when he was with Red Bull and stuff, I think he won like three in a row. I don't think the new F one fan that just got here just figured that out, um, because he's always for for them since like honestly since the since the Netflix show, which is why I think was driving a driving force behind this. Yeah. Uh, since the Netflix show, Vettel's only raced on like bad teams. So I didn't even think they even respect the greatness that is Sebastian Vettel or, or Alonzo for that matter. He's a, you know, previous world champion has raced for like 30 years, but, um, but I'm with you actually. Uh, I love F1. Um, but my dad and his brothers loved NASCAR. I grew up in a very, very, uh, or at least around a family that loved NASCAR, like worship NASCAR, you know, here in the South. And I always hated it. Oh man. I <laughs> never forget just watching my dad sit there and watch cars just loop in circles for 500 laps. It took like seven hours. I was like, right. This is ridiculous. You've been here all day. Um, but F1 is the antithesis of that. You know, it's mm-hmm. car racing, but it's completely different. Um, I don't know, man. I, obviously, the show had a, a, a lot to do with it. The Netflix show. I'm, I'm one of these American people that have been Americanized into F1 because of the drive to survive. But the thing is, I like drive to survive. It's amazing. It's incredible. Because I, I, as I've always said, when it comes to, you know, one type of documentary I always enjoy, whether it's a regular documentary or a series, is people who are really, really good at yeah. their thing yep. doing their thing. And that's yeah. exactly what that show is. So for me, the show is captivating. I love it. But sitting yep. down to watch races, I'm like, I just, I just, I, I get can't it. do it. I get it. It, it, it does take an extra level of understanding from the TV show to like mm-hmm. sit down and watch the race. Like you got to understand strategy, you know. And then I do laugh at that. Um, even now, now I've get that snobbiness about me, where like um, <laughs> earlier, let's say for, for earlier, uh, Max Verstappen took the lead after both the Ferraris pitted. And there are all these people that were like cheering on. They're like, yeah, Max got the lead. It's like, yeah, but he's on worst tire. Like he has the lead, but he's not in the lead. Like Ferrari is about to take back the lead. They just pitted. They're about to come back out, you know, like, so there is that strategy that like my wife, for example, she'll watch the reality show with me. She even is knowledgeable of who the teams are and who the drivers are. Mm -hmm. She'll ask me where her favorite drivers are in the race. Like, how are they doing? But if I was to try to explain to her, you know, what the undercut was or oversteer, like she's no way, you know, she, right. no idea. she, she looks at the leaderboard and she's like, yay, they're in the lead. And I'm like, well, but they're really not in the lead, you know, like they're, they're lapped down, you know, like she doesn't get into any of that. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. I think I, I think I get it, but man, yeah, I found the drive to survive stuff like right before COVID. And I think just whatever happened, like once COVID happened, um, I just decided to like dive way deep into it i i listen to multiple formula one podcasts a week that makes me a real nerd doesn't it like as i say that out loud i'm like oh my god that's okay (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that it's good Uh, to like things 
I've watched a bunch of like documentaries on F1 that you can find. There's a mm-hmm. couple on Amazon. There's one on Peacock. There's um, there's one that I, I just found on YouTube that was only released in Europe that I just watched. It's got Michael Fassbender. I watched the Michael Fassbender. Have you? Do you know he's into racing? I did not know that. He races for like Porsche, and he's trying to do Le Mans and stuff. And there's this oh, whole really? YouTube okay. series about his, you know, I don't know, try to become an actual race car driver. Um, spoilers, not very good, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's honestly, it's like, it's crazy. He's like, I've put off my entire career acting to do this. <laughs> it's nuts. There's like three seasons of it too. It's not like a thing. It's, it's a oh, thing. Wow. There's like 20 episodes of it. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, I feel a little bit, um, I, I've talked about on here a little bit that I'm really big into, uh, bicycle racing. So obviously the Tour de France is going on right now. Sure. And it's funny because my, you know, every morning that's actually one of the best things about the tour is that it's on like right away in the morning. So when I go to work, do you I have it watch on in the background. It? So you What's watch that? it. You watch, watch the it. tour. Yeah, I watch not it like a, I just want to see who wins. Like you're actually watching all yeah. the different wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was on this morning. Like so I had it on in the background and you know my wife will ask me questions and things like that. And like trying to like explain like well see this guy's role on the team is he's like the domestique so he goes back yeah. to the car and gets like the water and the food for people and brings it back up and blah blah and like explaining all that she's like well right but doesn't he want to win i'm like well probably he wants to but he's not going to like, that's, that's not, not his, his job yeah you know like here like he is going to blow himself out like they have a category one climb at the end i'm like he's going to lead their team leader and set the pace for him and then once he has completely spent himself he's gonna be like later and then the team leader's gonna go and he's just gonna fall off the back of the race and lose like 20 minutes well wow. she's like that sucks i'm like yeah that's his job like that's what he does and so it just yeah it, it's just so interesting and in, like talking to people about like oh well i just thought everyone wanted to win and everyone's trying to get first it's like well no like one guy on each team maybe maybe two depending on your team is trying to get first which i know I it's po- not the same in f1 but I-, I posted this gif yesterday it was of it was after qualifying for the quali as we F1 fans will call it. Um, and Max was trying to explain something to Charles Leclerc. And he's like moving all these hand motions and doing this and stuff at him. And Charles just kind of like nods and takes a drink and walks away. And it was just like the coldest shoulder. And the person tweeted, he was like me trying to explain F1 to my friends and family. And I was like, I think anybody that's into like an obscure sport knows yeah. that feeling. Like it, it hits so hard. It's like, right. ouch. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's just yeah it, it is it is really cycling fun. is cycling is tough to follow i remember i mean uh, i had a friend of mine um or i guess a, a colleague who's a former olympic runner but he's really into cycling does triathlon mm-hmm. stuff so he's he's super in it i used to, i used to tease him because he gives me updates on the tour you know and like <laughs> who's who's leading <laughs> right yeah i always ask him i was like is lance still doing <laughs> That is always like a really funny thing because it's when they talk, even like now, like when they talk about like great riders of the past, like they skip everyone from like the late night, the mid to late really? 90s, like Do up they? to like the 2010s. Like, They're doing they the baseball like, thing. Yeah, they just don't talk about them. See, that's they crazy. Go back to like Eddie Merricks and stuff. Like, I don't feel like this is a crazy thing to say. Maybe if you're a cycling fan, you can set me straight. Lance Armstrong is the only cyclist that I know. Like if you were to be Donnie, name me one other cyclist. I couldn't. Oh, yeah. I think if you're not into cycling, there's no reason you would know anyone else because no one dominated the sport that way. But like I know who Andre Agassi is and I didn't watch tennis, but I know who he is. And I I could give you 10 tennis players. I honestly can't give you another cyclist. And that that doesn't surprise me at all. 
I don't I don't know why you would. But you know, like he, he was the one that had like name appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there were some that kind of came after that, but it, I mean it wasn't even I mean none of those people like um <laughs> like all those people got busted for drugs too. So like none of them really stuck around. So but I think I watched that documentary, right? There was a documentary on Netflix about the doping. And it was basically like everybody's doping. That's basically oh, what they proved. Yeah. I mean they were like they, every yeah. writer you saw. They're like, so yeah, like, you know, go destroy Lance, but just know that Lance is just one of 200 people they were all doing it right yeah like i mean there were team-wide doping programs for sure yeah. like yeah wow i mean it's it, it is kind of one of those like you know sometimes you just have to be like yeah that's what it was you know and the thing was is like that was also when the tour was the most successful as it's of ever course been as far it's as like the baseball thing right everybody's yeah. like oh we gotta censor this forever and it's like but that's when everybody loved baseball Right. Like maybe let them do it or right. you know, like at least acknowledge the fact that it happened because that's those are people's like happiest moment. Yeah. Have you have you heard uh, Daniel Tosh's joke about steroids? Probably. Because he does his whole me. little bit about how like he thinks professional athletes should be forced to take steroids. <laughs> of course. He, he wants would. everyone to run faster, jump higher, like hit like like all of that. He's like he basically wants all of his athletes to be video games and that he understands it's not going to be good for their lo- their long-term life, but it doesn't matter because they hate life after competition anyway. So like, it's just, it's just this whole bit about how it makes the sports more enjoyable to watch and it's, he's doing really I mean, doing them a favor. Nobody likes a, uh, you know, a single double three, two baseball game. Right. You know, like somebody wants to see somebody, you know, go yard or at yeah. least hit it hard. Yeah. And I know it's a joke. I, I'm always like, you know, in some sports, like I don't, baseball cycling like if you're not cycling, hitting someone yeah, else sure. you know like if you're not hitting someone else like it probably isn't the end of the world necessarily like obviously maybe, you're doing some damage to your body boxing, but... maybe just have a steroid division just <laughs> right let just like them opt, in, each opt other. into steroids <laughs> <laughs> um the f1 thing has gotten me weirdly into rally stuff so now i'm starting to watch rally stuff which hurts because it's so it seemingly to me is so unpopular and obscure that like anybody can just go to one of these races and just basically stand there from what I've learned. Like you can just like go stand in the woods. It drives my wife crazy. I'll throw it up on the TV. Dude, these cars will fly through the woods at 150 miles an hour and do a 300 foot drift around a corner while a spectator is two feet away from the <laughs> side of the road. It's just, it yeah. looks like the most dangerous thing ever. I'm like, I just, it's like disc golf. It's like anybody can just go stand in the woods. Like I wouldn't do that, but apparently all of the races are in Europe. Like, so for me to go oh, watch gotcha. it, you have to travel to Europe because it's just not very big apparently here in America, um, which is a bummer, but it is some of the wildest video footage you can find um that totally just reminds me of like the isle of man tt like yeah motorcycle race on the yeah. isle of man we're like i love i love watching that stuff too you know we're like you have these people just cruising you know at 100 plus miles an hour and there's just someone just like mowing their lawn like yep. two feet from them like as they're just going about their business yeah it's ridiculous it's ridiculous my wife has always a good point because i'm like i want to go see it just because it seems exhilarating to be that close to something mm-hmm. but she's like but you're just gonna go all the way there to see it zip by for two seconds yeah and then you won't see. It. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, there's no, like, there's no way of reaching them up the course <laughs> to, to see the them again. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
All right. Well, listener, what sports do you wish you liked that you just don't? Let us know. We'd love to hear. Uh, and then we'll talk curling? about it for 20 minutes. <laughs> curling sucks. Do you hate curling? Have you uh, ever yeah. curled? No. Okay. No. I have done it. Not surprising like, based off where I live. But it seems like it's one of those Olympic sports. It seems like a joke. Like, it's like, this is a thing? Yeah. Like, how is this a thing? Who well, who decided this was a sport? You know, I re- it started on, you know, well, how did any sport decide it was a sport, well, really? But some, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Some of them are far-fetched. Yes. Olympic badminton? Really? What is this, camp? What are we doing here? <laughs> so, is this like a senior citizen? Are we doing senior activities? You know, like some of them really blow my mind. It's like, no, come on. It has to be a sport, like, you know, like a good sport. Yeah. Badminton and curling don't seem to get it. You know, it's like you need to do the bobsled or something like snowboard. Well, and there was there was that huge controversy when they were going to remove wrestling from the Olympics. And that's a huge no. That's like the original sport. That's the sport of sports. (laughs) Right. So if anybody's never wrestled, uh, because I wrestled for... Mm -hmm seven years and um i can tell you that in all the sports that i've played in my entire life some well and some not so well there is not one more excruciating on the body and as as an athlete your physical fitness than wrestling yeah it is is ridiculous yeah to to go and put your entire body like weight and strength against another's for 30 seconds is exhausting in a way that I don't think many athletes know. And as somebody who's played football, I've been a lineman, I've played linebacker, I've played quarterback, I've played running back. I threw I threw shot put, I won 100 meter, I played basketball, I played golf for years. Right. You know, like I've done a lot of things. Nothing quite like wrestling. Yeah. There is something about the level of exhaustion that you feel in that sport is, yeah, I would agree. Because I only wrestled for a few years, but then I did Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a few years. And yeah. at that point, when I was doing jiu-jitsu, I was in a good enough shape that like I was running like half marathons mm-hmm. and like doing like three, five minutes or five, five minute, like jujitsu sessions. I was more exhausted than I yep. was after running a half marathon. Yep. It was insane. I, uh, I, I went to, <laughs> I went to a camp, uh, my ninth grade year. It's called caveman camp here in Georgia. And it's this, it's actually this very popular wrestling camp where they basically just take you out in the woods and there's like a giant, um, there's a giant facility with open mats and it's open air mm-hmm. and it's in the middle of the summer and it's in Georgia. So it's like a hundred degrees. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. And, um, we had a tournament at the end of the camp that I lost. I came in second and, uh, I did f- five rounds in the final bout five rounds, two minutes around. And I had it on video. It's one of the few videos I have of me wrestling exhausted. Yeah. Like when when the bell rings, we both just lay flat on the mat for like three minutes just to catch our breath. Like we were toast. Right. Well, and at that point, it is as much a mental game as it is anything, right? Oh, like yeah. Not breaking and not just being like, I, I just can't do this anymore. Like yep. that. There are times, obviously, in other sports that I've played where like you get in your own head about stuff. But never have I like had to force myself to continue to push forward like I have in those situations of like, no, you can't just quit. You can't like, you know, it, like in baseball and things like that, like when you get in your head, like, yeah, you get up and you'd be like, oh, man, like this ba- at bat's not going to go well. But like, yeah, that is totally different than being like, no, I am not going to just 
physically quit right now. Your body just starts to... sending you signals. It's like, this isn't worth it. Like, you need right. to stop. <laughs> right. And you're get, trying to figure out everything in your mind to be like, no, mm-hmm. it is worth it. Dang it. I know I'm going to lose, but somehow it's still worth it. My, like, my crowning achievement, my 10th grade year, I won um, the Woodford Academy wrestling tournament, which is the private wrestling tournament here in Georgia. It's one of the, the better tournaments or like competitions that you could go. And I, I won it that year. And my semifinal match the guy had me his name is jeremy it was a next he was a rival school like we met i've i've talked to him many years since to this day he hates me about this he had me <laughs> he got me he got me in a hip toss and he had me chest to my chest he had me i had to hold my shoulder up for 40 seconds mm-hmm. because if it fell that was in i just yep. held it up i couldn't move i couldn't get up i couldn't get out i just held my shoulder up while this other person's entire body weight tried right. to push it down, I right. just held it up for 40 seconds. And that got yeah. me to the next round where I could stand back up, and I won the next yeah. round. And he hates me to this day. <laughs> well, you know, nothing like all the grudges over things that happened in high school sports. <laughs> every time we cross paths, he's like, I had you. Like, every time. <laughs> like, and, I, and I'm like, you're right. You did. You had But me. you didn't. Until you did it. Like, yeah. Until you did it. But yeah. <laughs> uh exhausting it's yeah people definitely don't understand that that is the most olympic of olympic sports yeah well and that's just what's interesting and then we'll move on i promise like in when you get into those positions and you talk about like being on top and top pressure and like all of those things like the when you have never done it before and you see someone on top of someone else like you probably imagine in your mind like what that feels like but then once you start doing it and you actually learn how to apply top pressure and use your body weight to like push down on people, like the suffocation you can feel just from someone else pushing down on you when you're on bottom is I think far more than people who have never done it ever expect that it's going to be like yep. it is hard to breathe. And that's the part of the reason it's so exhausting. The difference is in most other sports. I'm trying to think. And like the, Oftentimes I'll hear from people that played football and they'll try to like compare the two and the difference between football, at least I think this applies to a lot of sports is that football is a, it's like sprints. It's like a mm-hmm. limited amount of like, if you're in the trenches, you're in the trenches for like seven seconds yeah, and then you stop and then you get a breath and then in seven more seconds you stop the wrestling. You're just out there on your own and it's until the bell rings and yeah, it's, it's, it's unbearable. There's a reason why I stopped. Yeah. I just got tired of it, man. I was good at it too, and I was just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, it is a lifestyle. It's very much hard. Good. Yeah, <laughs> it's very hard. This so. is hard. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud to be part of the Play Some Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all of the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast archive, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, I'm so used to Josh being here that I'm just like going on autopilot. Donnie! (laughs) What have you been playing recently, man? I've been playing Horizon all day. Okay. Um, so you said you did nothing, but you played Horizon all day. That's today, something. Today. <laughs> Yesterday, you. I did nothing. I And here's the thing. I'm actually glad that I'm talking to you about this because I was saving it. I was trying to think about this. 
last week I played the quarry, mm-hmm. which I don't like. I'm not sure if you listened to it. I did not. I have like not it. caught up yet. You don't I like tr- it. Okay, I don't like it like at all. I traded it in. I don't like it. Damn. Okay. I played it to chapter. I played through chapter eight. Okay. So it was almost done, and I was like, I just yeah. don't even. Want, I don't even. I don't even care. We can pin, put a pin in this. We don't talk about that later. So I played Fire Emblem Warriors. I played the quarry. I, I wanted to get through with those as fast as possible because I was really digging Horizon Forbidden West and I wanted to get back to it. And this weekend rolls around like Friday night. I was looking at it and I was like, man, it's been like two weeks since I've played. And I don't really remember like how to do all the things that I was yeah. doing. Like there's a lot of stuff and I just didn't. And then yesterday I was like, all right, I'll get back in Horizon. And I just had like the most indecisive it just felt it's just a lot to take on. I was like, there's so and I'm not even sure if I have the perseverance to like finish it. It's just so big and so grand and so complex. And yeah. it just has a lot. But today I did get I finally just, you know, it's one of those things you just take a step, take another step and eventually, you'll, you know, you will hit the ground running. So today I kind of got back into it and finally got going. And today I played it for maybe three or four hours. But yeah, just Horizon Forbidden West continues to impress, at least for me. Um, I'm digging it a lot. Um, I just completed the today I completed the first cauldron and got through all of that big narrative piece and all that kind of have a better understanding of like this bigger global thing that um, that's happening. And uh, so setting off on my adventure to go find uh, the other pieces of AI that are scattered amongst the world. Yeah, I'm obviously finished horizon quite a bit ago i haven't gotten back to go at the platinum yet though that's still on my to-do list for the year and will probably be happening soon ish i would i would think you think they'll drop what, dlc That'll like bring uh, you know back in? i don't know if we're gonna get dlc if we would you know the timing of the first game's dlc was about because the game came out in february i think we got the dlc in november so you know we we'd have a a bit of a wait would be my anticipation um I, I don't know. I, they've been patching the game enough, and the fact that New Game Plus is out now, I, I don't know if we're going to get DLC. Um, I would rather that they work on the third one but than do DLC, but maybe that's just me. Do you think um, just, that's their next thing is just Horizon 3? I, I would have to assume so based off how this game ends. <laughs> so they also supposedly they have multiple games in development because they also have a multiplayer game that they're working on and then they're helping with the Horizon VR game as well. So, yeah, but true. my assumption would be that they're based off how this game ends, they're working on Horizon 3 as well. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I really I have uh, having a really hard time. I used to love trophy hunting and I'm having a harder and harder time caring about <laughs> trophy hunting. Um the cool thing is though with the Horizon Platinum though, it is all stuff I I want to go back and do. But it's just kind of like what you mentioned, that idea of like getting back into and trying to remember all those systems again. Because it's been a while since I've played. It's a lot and- of skill trees. And like, I was just trying to remember. I was like, all right, so I pull up my bow, but then I press triangle to get the rope. So then right. I can do the thing. Like, there's, it's, yeah, it's, so when I was first started playing it, that's what I was kind of bringing up on the, on the, on PSVG is it's just, it's a complex game. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I, I wouldn't fault anybody for, for knocking it for that or loving it because of that like it's one of those games that you really got to invest into um it's 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 got complex control schemes it's got complex story like it's just it's just layered man there's just a lot of stuff to take in yeah uh, when you're playing horizon so i get it yeah for sure um so yeah anything else about horizon specifically you want to talk about 
It's gorgeous. No, I mean, not, not anything that I want to talk about. I'm just, it's, it's, I was telling Dev, it it feels like everything that I had to say about the first one has been remedied in the second one. Yeah. And the world is so big and it's so alive and there's so many things to, to pull me off. And I love the extra activities that I'm getting on the side. I mean, it's, it really does feel like, uh, one of the better Assassin's Creed games that I've ever played. Um, so much of how I play it reminds me of how I play Ragnarok. They're not mm-hmm. the same, but how I'm almost the design is the same in terms of like, um, the, the quest line and like the side quests and how they pop up and just right. playing like that melee focus. And then, you know, like your bow and arrow and stuff, but, um, they just feel very similar to me. And, um, but it's just utterly beautiful to look at. Like, I'm just in awe of how, of how colorful it is. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I always tell people you can you can tell how much I like a game by how many screenshots I'm taking of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm taking a lot of screenshots of Horizon because I'm just really, really into it. Um, but I'm already almost scared because I feel like I've played it for a bit now. I'm at least 15, 20 hours into the game, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm just now, like, honestly, just still getting started. There yeah. still seems like there's so much still <laughs> to do. I'm like, oh, man, this could take a long long time which makes me worry if i just get to the point where i just have to move on um, yeah because i'm trying to remember my save file i think i was at like 60 hours when i completed it that's a good that's a good chunk so yeah i could i could get it you know i will the today when i got to the culture and everything some of the dialogue in this game is lengthy yeah like earlier man i just set my controller down i remember i pulled up picked up my chromebook uh-huh. i was just like reading entire articles and stuff while they were just continuing to go on i was just like <laughs> So it's obviously very engaging dialogue. It is. I'm I'm up to it. Like I'm still following it. I I can multitask like that. Um, you know, I'm still yeah. I'm still with. I'm with the with the with with everything that's going on with Gaia and and space people and Far Zenith and like I I get it. Yeah. Um, it's just they they really spell it out for you, don't they? Like they really (laughs) go for it. It's like, man, these maybe broke this up a little bit. Maybe this could have been two games. (laughs) um have you i feel like this happens pretty early have you had any of the conversations yet where they're like are you sure you want to talk about this now this is a really lengthy conversation yeah you're like yes i do and then yeah Yeah. i just thought i was like wow that tells you something when they're like hey this is gonna be a long time you're like okay let's go yeah so but yeah i I really love it it's um probably i haven't been i have i've tried not to be like too declarative with it so mm-hmm. I haven't like tried to declare it as my game of the year or anything like that yet because I just feel like again I haven't played enough of it. But it's definitely like if you were to ask me what's my favorite game I've played so far, it's on the short list. Gotcha. Well, hey, I'm probably going to ask you what your favorite games you played so far this year are a little bit later, so that'll work out just well. Um, I do want to hear more about the quarry though. Like I said, I'm not caught up on the PSVG podcast, okay. so I've not heard about your disdain for the quarry because I played it and I really enjoyed it. I liked the quarry. I had a lot I have of, fun a lot of with friends it. that really liked it, which made me. You know, I, I never, I, I, I always hate feeling like I'm uh, raining on people's parade at some point. Um, but yeah, and I always say that I, I feel like sometimes I, I, I paint myself into that picture of like being the heel. Um, but I was playing it. I'm not sure if it's maybe the way that I play these games. I definitely think uh, I told Delvin this past week. I think I'm done with Supermassive. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I don't think I'm going to buy any more of these games. Like if they come to Game Pass or something, like maybe I'll play it. Maybe I'll play on Haley Pass or something. But like I'm if this one isn't going to do it for me, I doubt any of them is going to do it for me. Like, yeah, I'm just starting. I feel like I've realized that maybe now 
until dawn was just like a one hit wonder mm-hmm. like it's not a repeatable type thing that i can keep coming back for right um, because i've tried all these dark picture anthology games and i to be quite honest with you i've not liked them at all because you like play I, them all by yourself though right yeah because dark picture play- games yes man and Dan, i play with my wife and man okay. and Dan, I, I played until dawn with my wife and i played the gory with my wife okay so my wife and i had a really great time playing until dawn and we played a, at least what i think is a strange way when i said, told this story dev told me that he thinks this is how everybody would play it so maybe it's not as strange as i think so my wife and i play it we don't play co-op play mm-hmm. one controller and what happens is i play she makes the decision when we make a decision we swatch we swap 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 the controller mm-hmm. so then she plays and then i make the decision oh cool and okay. we just keep going back and forth back and forth and um it usually becomes this fun game of like she's trying to get done what she wants to get do and i'm trying to get done what i want to get done so like in the Corey's case i'm trying to kill everybody she's trying <laughs> to save everybody right so it, it makes for some fun yeah you would think we had some fun with it we really liked the first chapter the first chapter was sold i was like oh my god mm-hmm. game of the year this is great and then i played chapter two and i played chapter three and i played chapter four and i played yeah, cha- it we played chapter five and she was like what this is boring as hell and i was like it is boring she quit she's like i don't okay. want to do this anymore so then i was going to take it back because i wasn't digging either and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just keep playing. Just by my, I'll just pick up the controller. Like, let's see. So I started playing by myself. I played through chapter eight. The story definitely picked up. Yep. But I just didn't care. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's the fair. thing that I basically realized. Like, I just don't care. I don't care about these these kids. I don't care about this story. I don't care if the, the ending. I think um, what Delvin and I were trying to discuss, we did some of this post-show. There are several times in the game where I was making decisions that I thought were going to put certain things in motion that just never happened. Right. Even if I like doubled and tripled down on them. And I feel like in a game like this, where the whole thing is your decisions, like that's the gameplay. It's just that lack of input into the narrative just really kind of made me like, well, if they're just going to do this, then why am I, why am I playing? Right. You're like, why don't you tell me the story you'd like to tell me? Right. It really seems like occasionally they want to do that. And then there's also there's some bad writing, I think. There's some very, <laughs> very bad writing. Um, and then, yeah, the, most of the characters I just didn't care for. Not care for. Care for would make it sound like I didn't like them. I just didn't care. Right. You know, I was just nonchalant about them. So yeah. it's just a compounding of of impacts. Yeah, I can't, you know, like I said, I can't blame you at all for that. I I think this game, for me, I think it was just kind of something that I was looking for, like the right time of, I was in a bit of a gaming rut and I didn't really know what I wanted and this game was short enough and that uh, it was non-committal enough and, and the stakes realistically, like, I didn't care if everyone lived or everyone died. So I was like, mm. what do I think about you as a character? Uh, I like you, so we'll try to keep you alive. Uh, I don't like you, so I just you're gonna, I'm gonna see if I can get you killed. Like I, I just didn't really care, you know, as as we were going through it. Uh, so I, I had a good time. I would agree. The first chapter is great. The chapters two through like five really do drag pretty hard. And I was, I was on the cusp of being like, am I done with this game? And then after that, things definitely picked up, and I, I got more engaged as far as the story goes. One thing I thought was interesting about the game was how not scary I felt like it was. 
Yeah. Like at no point as someone who is not like into horror movies and things like that, like you are, I was ve- never really in a situation where I was like, oh, I am scared or this, this is. Yeah. I don't, make, I don't like, think it really goes for that a whole lot. It's just kind of like a, it's more like a stranger things type of vibe yeah. than like a horror movie. Um, they don't really try to do a whole lot of jump scares or anything like no. that. It, even the gore and stuff, and it gets bloody, but it's still reserved. Yeah. You're not seeing like a lot of flesh and you know stuff like that. There are apparently a couple kills that I didn't see that are pretty grotesque, but apparently my my characters of those people survived, so I didn't see them. One of the issues that I ran into that Delvin pointed out on the show is one of my characters I killed literally in the room with everybody in there mm-hmm. and then right immediately after that scene happens everybody's just hanging out talking yeah like she's dead right there they don't re- re- they don't yeah. reference what happened or anything they're like so tell us a story you're like what the heck is going on yeah <laughs> that has always been i think a problem with supermassive games because they have so much flexibility of who can live who can die that there are just times where there it's are fake yeah, tonal shifts that just don't work. I remember specifically in one of the one of the Man of a Dangy or one of the Dark Picture Anthology games, I don't remember which one, that Josh and I were playing together. There was one point where like all the characters that we had who were survived at this point were walking. But because we had so many people who had died, they were like really awkwardly spaced out because you could tell like there was like that the they spaces, were saving room. Right, for all the other wow. people who were supposed to be alive. And you're just like, Well, I don't know what else you do. Like, you know, like I don't know how you fix that, but I'm yeah. really surprised that Netflix hasn't bought them. It really seems like that's what they should be doing. Like they Agreed. really want to make like an interactive story that they tell you that you get to like press a button on every now and again. But like, but they also like that at the same time, they're trying to sell it for $60 and call it a video game, but it's really right. not. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And maybe part of the reason Josh bought this one. So I played it off of Josh pass. Um, so maybe that's part of the reason I enjoyed it so much because my investment was very low. Um, but this was to me was just like popcorn and candy. Like this is not a game that I'm like, Oh, that um, I'm going to probably remember for a really long time, but I enjoyed it while I was consuming it, you know? So I'll give them a lot of credit. Um, technically it was their best game that they've made. Definitely. Yeah. And um, the character models look great. And a lot of the atmosphere and the production was really good. So uh, t- usually I have a lot of issues with their games because of those things. And I didn't really have any issues with them um, with regards to that. The the Ryan kid, his mm-hmm. voice was driving me up a wall. <laughs> like I couldn't stand listening to him talk anymore. Uh, as I told Delvin, he sounds like he has stuff in his mouth. Like his mouth is full while he's talking. Right. And uh, for whatever reason, that was just like, I was just like, I'm trying to kill him off at every corner just to stop doing this. And then the modern family girl, which I eventually did get, I finally did get her. Um, but there was this one point, I think this actually might be like a big point of the game that really started to throw me off. There's this one point in the game where she is um, being chased. Mm-hmm. I did everything in my power to make sure that she got caught. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. He hit the tree. She tripped and fell. I didn't breathe. <laughs> I did everything. I was like, please catch her. And 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 then she basically just like walks away. It wasn't even like they even they didn't even script it out how she survived. She just walks free. And I was like, this is cheap. Like, yeah. This sucks. 
Yeah. There were a few people at the end of my game who I'm like, I had not interacted with this character in quite some time. At the end of the game, they're like, hey, they were just in the woods, but they lived. Congratulations. I was like, oh, I totally forgot about them. Like, there is a, and I mean, I, I feel like we're starting to venture into spoiler territory, or I might be, but there is a character that is um, contained and it doesn't want to be. And then apparently just decides to go back to sleep for whatever fucking reason. I was just like, I, what is happening with this game? Like, there's too many of too many of those moments. And maybe because I'm into the horror movies and stuff, like maybe I expect more or see through that. But I don't know. Like at this point, I'm wondering if I'm just romanticizing until dawn because I had a really great time with that game. It was years ago, and I haven't yeah. tried to replay it. But um, yeah, I think this game, I was so excited for this game. And I, I love Lynn Shea. And I think Sam Raimi killed it, by the way. He mm-hmm. was my favorite. I was like, oh, this is incredible. Um, I was so excited. This this is probably my biggest disappointment of the year. Yeah, that's too bad. But hey, we have to have a biggest disappointment. So and I'm yeah. sorry I didn't hit for you. Like I said, it, it worked for me. I, I'm not saying it's going to be in my you know top five games of the year, but I enjoyed what I played of it. So, But anything else you've been playing, sir, that you want to talk about? Not unless you want to hear about Fire Emblem Warriors, which I loved. Right. I thought it was great. That's it. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the only thing new that I've really been playing, because I, I have been, you know, kind of playing all the, my typical usual things. The only thing new that I have been playing, and this is like something that's hard for me to admit, but I, I guess I'm going to have to come out and just, you know, tell everyone. And, and, Sinran and... Kagura. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> um, so... One of the another podcast I listen to is doing like a game club basically for Jack and Daxter. Okay. I've never played the original Jack and Daxter. So I decided to go back and play the original Jack and Daxter. On Vita? Uh no, I'm actually playing it on PS5. Okay. Uh, because I bought a long time ago when they came out with the Jack collection for PS4. Um, one night it was on sale. I was I think I was pretty intoxicated actually, and I just bought nice. the collection. Um and I had I never bought it. I never played it since then. Isn't so. that on Vita? I have that too. It is. They do have a yeah. remaster of it on Vita. Yes. Gotcha. They do. Okay. Um but I was like, so I sat down, I was like, well, I'm gonna play this game. You know, sometimes it's really hard to go back to PS2 games. <laughs> like really, really hard to go back to old games. Because you see what they were doing, and you and you try to keep in context of the time the game was created and the amount of power that they had to no, work with. No, you don't. With. You turn it on, and you're like, this is trash. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been feeling. It's not <laughs> like, and even the simple thing of like the cam, like so the the camera swivel right and left is inverted, and nice. you can't change it. Nice. And it's like just that alone. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? Like that in and of itself is enough to be like that would like in a modern game if they came out and it was like hey the camera's inverted and you can't change it i know sometimes games come out and you can't like change them to inverted which should people get frustrated by but if a game comes out inverted and you can't change it it'd be amazing so happy he would relish the the opportunity so here i am trying to run around this dumb island and i keep like looking the wrong direction the whole time um and it's funny because I didn't realize, but like Jack hasn't said a word, but Daxter won't shut up. He just yeah. keeps talking the whole mm-hmm. time. So, yeah, man, I don't know. These That's these not old... a great franchise I'm hoping to come back. I know a lot of people are. It's like, that's not one for me. You do or you away. do or you don't like it? I don't care. Yeah, I yeah. care less if one want to. That's like Banjo for me. It's like, we don't we don't need that. Nobody needs that. Yeah. I just said, like, I was like, well, you know, as a PlayStation guy, I probably should at least like play because like I love Ratchet and Clank. I've always kind of loved Ratchet and Clank and. I do think, you know, 
I, I now think about the old Ratchet and Clank games like in the context of the new ones, and I probably think they're more like the new ones than they actually were if I went back and tried to play them again. Um, but man, oh, trying to go back to this game. And this is where I always get really kind of... I guess I have mad respect for people who like go back and play classic games. Because in general, when I go back and play old games, I'm always like, what was I thinking when I was a kid? Because this <laughs> sucks. This is not good. But I loved it when I was a kid because I we didn't know any better and it's the best thing that we had. But going back now, I'm like, man, this is tough. So for those of people who like love retro games and go back and play them all the time, part of me thinks that they're like just saying that they like them and they don't actually wow. like them. Wow. <laughs> I actually like them. You do actually like them? I just played I just played Metal Gear Solid on I I mean I got I got the PC version on GOG, but I mean it's still Metal Gear Solid, like just old school Metal Gear Solid, and it's amazing. I was god damn this game's so good. And then um it's so funny because as you were la- as you're laughing about this, I just got a new Chromebook this week and it's an uh-huh. amazing Chromebook. It's got an OLED screen and everything. I've been setting up so many emulators and stuff. I've been playing hot yeah. shots for like forty eight hours. Just hot shots golf, like just indefinitely. Yeah. Okay. I will. I think there's probably a small difference in sports games because I will, because I will say I have played like on my switch. On, Hot Shots still holds up. It's still real good. Yeah. I have played so much, so much super punch out because that yeah. game still is really fun, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I think there is a genre of game. I think that still works. And usually I think if it's very narrow, as far as what the game is trying to do, the game can still be really successful. The um, first going, day of the PlayStation service. I mm-hmm. played Hot Shots Golf, like the one. Yeah. First one, like 1993's Hot Shots Golf for like five hours. It's way, way too much time playing that <laughs> game. <laughs> well, maybe, like I said, maybe, I just, maybe I'm just, maybe it's the problem is me then. Because I just, I, I, I try to go back and I play, try to play I think these it's old certain games. games. I mean, I think the Nintendo fan would tell you that it's, it's early 3D games are hard to go back to. Yeah. But like sprite-based games, platformers, um, football games, arcade games, you know, like M- M- Super Mario World is every bit as amazing now as it was then. It's yeah. still incredible. Yeah, like I said, maybe but it's like, just me then. You know, Banjo. People will say Mario 64, but I wouldn't. I love Mario 64. Um, but I hear that often. Like one of my biggest things I'm really excited about is this GoldenEye 007 rumor. Because going back to GoldenEye, um with the control scheme and the c buttons and stuff like it the game was built for dual sticks and it just didn't have it so like i'm really excited to play that game again with legit controller support but that is it going to have legit controller support it's got to yeah like they've got to (laughs) (laughs) they've got to do it like you can't do it any other way at this point if they're going to put on switch and xbox or one of the other like they've got to actually have dual stick controls i mean they don't have to they've got to you can't one stick that game you're going to use the face buttons? Why not? No, absolutely not. I'm just saying. They don't no. have That's why like everyone's Maybe so excited. Maybe if Jim Ryan was publishing the game, but I don't I don't <laughs> think if anybody else is going to do that. I don't think that's how that would fly. Yeah, I don't know. That's what everyone's like so excited about this Goldeneye thing. I'm like, man, if they don't update that, that control scheme, I am not they excited about Goldeneye. Yeah, that's honestly that's like the only thing that I'm excited for. Like I'm excited to replay the game with legit I have a 64 and I have Goldeneye. And I go back to it, and I'm like, how did we ever do this? I know. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's so bad. And back then, I was so good at it. <laughs> I don't know how anyone was good at that game. Because I played so much of that dang game in my dorm room. Yeah. Like, hours was and hours and hours. It was great. I know. That stupid control scheme is awful. <laughs> and, like, 
there was that one level there was that one map where like everyone you know when you have like 19 inch crt tvs that yeah. like the black suck on so you can't see anyone in there because it's like that's <laughs> so dark you can't see anything oh man so that yeah uh, that's why i'm excited it's just to have just dual sticks like let me people are like oh i want it remade and re like i don't care give me the same game so let me play it on a regular controller and be super happy yeah we'll see supposedly soon right I don't know. Like I thought it was going to be E3 and it wasn't, but then someone told me that there's a, a golden eye anniversary and it's like in August. And apparently oh. I looked it up. I don't remember what the dates were and I may have looked it up wrong, but I did look it up after I was told that I believe the date for that anniversary lines up with Gamescom. So that'd be like the next time that I would circle the calendar, be like that may be where it's going to happen. Maybe they'll announce it then at the anniversary or something. Yeah. That that was, that would be reasonable or maybe so. never. Jeff says they're holding on to it because of the war, which I get, but like, I still don't kind of get, it's a really old game and it's golden eyes, right? 007. Like, I don't hmm. know. I mean, Nintendo held back on advanced war. So, I mean, it, that checks out math yeah. checks out if they're the ones holding off on it. I, That's I mean, true. I get it. That's very true. But man, what a, what a situation to be in where you can just have done games and be like, ah, we're just not going to release them. Just not gonna release it. To me, it's like, it, because it's golden. I guess for me, I'm like, I'm like it doesn't count you wouldn't hold back a movie because of the, the russia ukraine conflict right like if they had a bond movie they wouldn't hold that back yeah i, I mean probably i guess if it was specifically just because of that i would assume not no. unless by chance that like very specifically in the movie like russia happened to be invading ukraine you know like maybe then i right. could see it yeah but like yeah. generally if it was just another general bond flick then i would assume not but yeah same so yeah, but really, like I said, Jack and Daxter, <clears throat> only quote-unquote new thing I've been playing. Otherwise, it's just been more of the Overwatch 2 beta. Um, I had that feeling when they remade, what was that PlayStation game that got the remaster treatment? Uh, you're going to have to be a little more specific than that. The Cemetery one. Are you talking about Demon Souls? No. Oh, no, 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 no. Mid- Medieval? Medieval. I loved that game as a kid, and when the remaster came out, and I bought it, and I played it, and I was like, I don't like this as much as I remember. <laughs> I, I wish you never did this so I could just keep telling people I like this game because now I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how it. Yeah. I, part of the, that's part of the reason I don't always want to go back and like play games. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is one of my favorite games because what if it's not anymore? What if I right. play it? And I'm like, what was I thinking? This thing was me with Xenoblade. Dude, me 15 years ago loves Xenoblade. Now, don't want any part of it. Because uh, I kind of feel that way about Parasite Eve. Like, I loved Parasite Eve when I played it back in the day. Same. I, I think I have not retouched that game in it would be long, hard long time. to go back to. So yeah. It was pretty tough back in the day. It was, yeah, for sure. So well with that, Donnie, let's move on to our topics of the show here. Uh my first topic for you, uh, and like I said, is gonna kind of be referring to what you just talked about. You know, we're halfway through the year, we're into July, so I want to know what are you thinking? Top three games of the year so far for you, Donnie Reese. Are you able to identify three games and it doesn't have to be in a particular order uh that you would kind of quantify as your your favorite games of the year so far okay well i can go first to kind of give you some time to, to put things in order there if you'd like um so my the first one i'm going to throw out there is actually a bit of a smaller game that i haven't put as much time into as i would like to only because of the time that it came out um but that'd be ollie ollie world uh i really really have enjoyed my time with that game it when it comes to having you know 15 or 20 minutes to sit down and play a game it's the perfect game for that where you can sit down get a few runs in and you can really decide whether you want to 
try to go high score chase or do you just want to progress further um they just released new dlc which i haven't played yet but i could play if i wanted to um but there's just something about in a time of all this conversation about game difficulty and everything else ollie ollie world does a really nice job of balancing allowing you to progress the story as far as you would like to um no matter how well you do or if you want a high score chase you totally can so if you want to be on top of the leaderboard and prove your chops at the game and compete against your friends or the world, go for it. If you just want to get through this weird quirky skateboarding game, here's some kind of story-based, weird, odd story-based thing that they got going on. Um, but just check out the world, have some fun. You totally can. So um, for me, it's it was I liked the Ali Ali games previously. I played the first two on Vita. Um, so Ali Ali World for me, uh, I, it was a nice surprise. I liked it more even than I thought I was going to. Uh, just the the quick respawn, which I have to use all the time, and how that works is great. Um, but yeah, I just really have enjoyed my time with Ollie Ollie World. So it would be one of my top three games right now for the year. So that's another one that's kind of a miss for me. I was really excited for it because I also really enjoyed the Ollie Ollie World games. Um, I played Ollie Ollie on 3DS and and I liked them. And I, I guess maybe because it was simpler. Yeah. Um, but I remember I, I bought it, the day it came out, I played it that first weekend. And I won't say like I was, I wasn't like not liking it, but I wasn't as, I don't know. Like I just was just kind of playing it. And then at the first chance that something else came along, I remember what it was, um, you know, I played a bunch of games, but yeah, I moved and I never even, I've never, I don't think I've ever booted it, booted it up again. So yeah, but maybe I, maybe I need to go back to it. I think I, maybe I played it for, I don't know, three, four or five hours, maybe. That's okay. How much? How much? So what would be a game that you would then say is something that didn't disappoint you and that you enjoyed your time with so far this well, year? I've got, I, I was just sitting here looking at my playlist on Steam and um, a quick Google search. I've got five or so that I would write down on the list. I don't just don't know which one. I haven't, like, in. I haven't thought about them in any specific order or anything. So the first one I'll throw out there is uh, Kirby. Mm, yeah. Kirby game on Switch I thought was excellent. It had an excellent story. It had a great finish. Um, it was Kirby's transition to 3D. It felt like a uh, an evolution forward for the game. The game looked great, especially on the OLED. It was really colorful and it really pops on that system. And um, I, I I also don't think it like it didn't wear out its welcome in any case, uh, yeah. which I think can be a you know a thing in those games. Like it 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 basically it's got a handful of tricks. Mm-hmm. It, it it shows them to you, you know, um, in probably the first half of the game, it'll double up on them a little bit and then you're out of there. Like it doesn't, you know, continue to keep making you do the same things over and over and over, at least not to the point where I was like, okay, I'm getting tired of this because I didn't. I never really got tired of it. Had a ton of replay value. I enjoyed the gauntlet. Um, I enjoyed the different power ups. And um, I just think it was, it was one of the, I think it's the best Kirby game I've ever played um so in that regard it was definitely one of my bigger surprises probably one of my favorite games of the year yeah it actually kirby uh it would be that and ali ali world were kind of fighting for my number three so kirby right oh, wow. now probably be number four you know nice. it, and that is could could easily um swap in there um i kirby was the most fun i've had on my, on my switch in a while like i really really enjoyed playing that. kirby so it's really um good. For me, I guess another game that would make its way into my top. Did you finish it? Th- um, I am like 
on the last world, basically. Oh, it is an excellent ending. A yeah, platinum heard. level ending. I mean, it is really good. I was, mm. I remember playing it. I was like, this is Astral Chain? This is Bayonetta? <laughs> what the hell is happening? Yeah, I've heard that the end of it is pretty ridiculous. So Really good. Um, one, this was kind of one of those things that, similar to the, the um, Horizon situation, where something came up that I started playing something else, and then I didn't go back to it, and I didn't go back to it, and then I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I feel like I'm so far removed from it now. Like, the idea of going back and finishing it seems daunting but then also like it's kirby like i know i'm not saying it's easy mm-hmm. but like picking sure. up on the mechanics is going to be yeah. i think a bit easier though i've heard that the last boss is pretty hard actually in context of the rest of the game but it's true so um <laughs> the other the next game that i have on my list is i think a little bit divisive i don't know that a lot of people love this game but i really enjoyed it uh and that's tiny tina's wonderlands um Never played it yeah i i was not anticipating this game was going to be all that great. Uh, I enjoyed Borderlands overall, like the Borderlands series is a, is a group of games that I, I like but don't love. Josh tends to love them. Um, so I was kind of indifferent about this game coming out. Like I, I wanted to play it and I knew I wanted to play it, but I, it wasn't high on my priority list. Uh, and when I started playing it, I just was very smitten with it. There's just something about the loop um, that they have in their games that is enjoyable to me. It like kind of tickles that monkey brain of trying to get the better loot and try to get the better gear and make your stuff better and be more powerful and, and all of those things there obviously are, I have nits with the game. Uh, I, you know, it, it's really frustrating when they drop so much loot and you're like, wow, 99, 98% of what you drop is not better than what I currently have. So like, I should just ignore most of these things. Um, and, but then you have to take the time to figure out whether it's better or not better than what you currently have it is a bit annoying. Uh, I, I wish that they had, gone even harder into the theming of it because it is still a little bit weird that you're like hey we're doing this fantasy themed you know D game and we have a whole bunch of guns because it's borderlands related so we're still just gonna have a whole bunch of guns and i think you could have kept the guns but gone a little further with um trying to make them feel like they fit in a fantasy world um so like i said some nits to pick but overall had a really fun time with it like i, I really enjoyed playing it i thought the story was you know, as fun as those stories typically are going to be, I think Ashley Birch as Tina was is great. I just wish they would have done more of that. Um, but overall, my time with it is good. It has been good. Uh, I do think the DLC has been pretty disappointing uh, as far as that goes and kind of what they are the value for what they were offering there. Uh, but overall, my time with the base game, I really enjoyed. So that would be one that currently would be in my top three is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. So nice. And it's not into to Borderlands, so that's fine can't help you much i can't do much cross-examination <laughs> there with you um <clears throat> my next game would probably be horizon but because i've already talked about it i'll just take the opportunity to plug a different game and i will plug fire emblem warriors three hopes which i adored mm-hmm. um i started playing it i played it like i played the, the the original three houses which some people may you know say it's not completing it i only played the black eagles route because it's the only route that i wanted to play is that and, what i'm uh, assuming what you played in three houses yeah yeah, yeah, same way. Um, I played the Black Eagles route in Three Houses, and then I did all the DLC, and then I got this game, and I loved it. It was fantastic. It was really, really good. Um, you know it's really good because I got it, and I didn't stop playing until it's finished. And I mean I didn't stop playing. I mean like every time I played something after I got it, it was that. I think I got it like, I don't know, Thursday, and I played it that night, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> until I reached the end of my route and uh you know it felt felt rewarding and 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 you know deep uh, for one route i mean probably i probably spent 20 hours playing that route 
Right. You know, like, so to me, it felt like very much like a complete game. Um, but more so, it felt like a real Fire Emblem game, like a real Fire Emblem game. Um, everything I was doing, I felt strategic in where I was in the orders and the commands I was giving to my to my troops and setting up their their weaknesses um, and strengths to take you know, advantage of um, the enemies on the battlefield. And I thought the game was doing a really good job of making me think about those types of things instead of just smashing my way through. Um, they really threw a bunch of different stuff at you, gave you a bunch of different victory conditions. And it told a really good story and not the greatest story, but a really good story. And uh, somebody who's, you know, only cares about the Black Eagles route. I was really happy with it. I really, really liked it. Fire Emblem Warriors is the most fun I've had on my Switch in some time. Because um, like you, I also haven't been digging uh, my Switch a whole lot um, for the past, I don't know, 18 months maybe. Um, so like we get little blips here and there, but it's not something that I'm I'm just not actively playing my Nintendo Switch these days. Um, but Fire Emblem Warriors definitely changed that at least for a week. Um, as I blew through all that content. And if it has DLC, I'll uh, as all the other games did, like the Warriors games, I, I hope they add on to it because I'll keep buying and play those. I love both these games. I love Warriors games. I like Musos and I love Fire Emblem games, um, which a lot of people know already about me. And um, as the perfect blend of both, I got to do the three houses stuff. You got to do support conversations, get to build up your base, you get to build up your army. Um, I just, I thought it was great. I actually, I really do. I just think it was great. It was just excellent. I wish, I wish it was on PC. <laughs> I would love to have played it, you know, um, with all the stuff turned up. But I, even outside of that, it wasn't, it was one of those things that, you know, once I adjusted, you know, to 30 FPS and everything, it was really smooth. I didn't have technical issues. Once I adjusted to it, I just kept playing. I had no problems with it whatsoever. So a big reason why I never like even considered buying this game is because I never played three houses. And mm, I do like Musos, actually. Too. Like, you know, that's something that I enjoy in general. But I'm like, well, I didn't play three houses, so I don't really feel like I can play this game. I wouldn't you, I wouldn't recommend okay. it. Because you're gonna come in mid story. Right. And it is a side story, so you don't need to know, but the appreciation won't be there. Like the appreciation like for who everybody is and their relationships to each other. Right. Like that's what I think makes the story resonate because we know all of these characters, like a big part of one of the things that I definitely um, recognize while I was playing it. One of my issues that I age of calamity was a huge letdown for me. I did not like that game at all. I thought that game mm-hmm. was very just mid, uh, just very middling. And a big reason for it is there's just not a lot of good enemy variety in breath of the wild. You fight right. so many of the same things in the warriors game. They just throw, so many like Lionels and like the red Lionels and blue Lionels. Here's five Lionels and eight Lionels. Just like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. What are we doing? <laughs> One of the cool things about Fireman Warriors is it does the same thing. Here's a person. Here's another person. But all those people are different people. And they have different names and they say different stuff. And you know who they are if you played three houses. Right. So it hits different. It, it was it was so when I was playing it, I was like, this is so dumb because I yelled at Age of Calamity for doing this. I'm like. This game is doing the same thing if you remove the name. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just remove the name, it's like, here's another warlock and another warlock and another warlock. But the difference is, is I know those three warlocks. They're three completely <laughs> right. different people, and they come from three different houses, and I know, who you know, like, who their brothers and sisters are, and I know who their dad is. Like, it's different. It's right. different because there's a backstory. It yeah. makes sense. So now let's go to war. Um, that's the thing Age of Calamity didn't have. And the other thing that I really enjoyed from three hopes is back in the day, or at least when I remember playing dynasty warriors games, a lot of it was, it wasn't an RTS, but a lot of it was very tactical and strategic. Mm -hmm. You would get um, like brigades and you would 
place their movements like on a map. Yeah. And then part of it was like you were kind of playing risk. And then you would like jump down to the battlefield and you're a superhero and you go and, you know, right. shogun the hell out of everybody. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes is the closest I've gotten, I've seen to that in a decade. Because there is, um, you pick your battles from a map and you don't like move brigades around, but like there is some strategy to it and there's risks and rewards for taking different pieces of the map if you want to. Like if you mainline it, you'll earn more renown. But if you take side stories, you'll earn more. You can do like these side stories and paralogs where you can up your support with the different characters and stuff like that. Plus all the other stuff, uh, all the tactical stuff that you can do. Um, I just, I, I was really into, you know, like the whole min maxing stuff, like in the menus and stuff, making sure everybody's got, you know, a brigade attached to them, making sure like if they've got, if they've got, um, you know, if they've got uh, like birds up in the air that we've got archers and just all that stuff. I was just like, this feels like the dy- like why I originally enjoyed Dynasty Warriors in the first place. Cause I really feel like Dynasty Warriors has gotten away from that. As I missed, like I liked it cause I thought of it more tactically like that. More right. like an advanced wars, more like a battalion war, something like that. And it just became like a superhero smash fest, which I I don't not like, but I like the other way better. And uh, Three Hopes definitely gets really close to that. Um, <clears throat> One game that I still have very fond memories of, and maybe this is, again, if I went back and played it now, I, I would not feel this way. But one of the series I would love for Xbox to bring back is 99 Nights. I don't think I've ever played that. So 99 Nights, it came out, I think, like the year after the 360 came out. Um, and it is a huh. just a hack and slash Muso style game. And it's one of the first and games I, I ever played on my 360. Uh, and it had problems. It, slow, it had some pretty bad stutter and slowdown and things like that. But it was my first um, foray into that Muso style video game. And I absolutely fell in love with it. So. It's got good review scores. Ah, did it? I don't know that it, it did. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it does. I was like, I, I, yeah. I mean, they're like some of them middling. Like yeah. IGN gave it a six, but a lot of other people gave it like eights, nines. Yeah, yeah, it did have a sequel. I think the sequel was pretty bad, if I recall. Oh no. Yeah. So, but it, like, I really, I really enjoyed the first one. I thought it was a lot. Any of idea fun. if it's on back and pat? I haven't even looked because, like I said, I don't want to color my 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 remembrance of like what that game was like. I'm assuming nope. it is, but there are oh, other not. people. There are other people like me with Lollipop Chainsaw. There is a Microsoft thread where you could back back when they were first opening it. Yep. There was a thread where you could request games, mm-hmm. and I visited a thread like once a month to request Lollipop Chainsaw. There are people in that thread. I have a bookmark. That's how I got there so fast. Oh, gotcha. There, are, like, there are people requesting 99 nights, so I'm assuming that it's it's not backwards. I don't I don't know if anything from that list actually was taken take i think it was just fan service they're like yeah here just go here yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's put it here to make yourself feel better so uh awesome so yeah no like i said i man i really wish i played some of these games or had the time to play some of these games goodness gracious um because i i want to try fire emblem i just never have ever you've never tried any fire emblem i've never played a fire emblem game so that that would put me in a weird spot because i wouldn't necessarily recommend three houses to most people um i mean I, a lot of people really like it i would mm-hmm. definitely i would love to recommend you a fire emblem game but to me it's like three houses sits a little bit differently to me than than does awakening and fates and, and some of the other ones it's almost right. like a, a separate thing but the whole three houses spinoff and just like the kids and the whole teacher concept um one of the things that i really love about fire emblem is like the the stories and three mm-hmm. houses definitely does it well where you get a lot of um you know, it's a lot of Machiavellian backstabbing and, you know, rise for power and that type of stuff. 
Three Hopes keeps some of that. Um, but Three Houses isn't isn't one well, of my favorites. Like Three Houses is not my favorite firearm game. I still loved it, played it, it's mm-hmm. great. But it's I don't necessarily think it's one that would be like, oh, you should play with this one. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I've never had lots of things to play, so eventually maybe I'll play one. Should we get a new one soon? I would assume so, yeah, because wasn't that kind of a rumor that it was people thought it was going to be announced soon even? Yeah, there was a rumor going around for a year that it was going to be announced soon, and then when this came out, they were like, oh, that must be it. But then it leaked that that ain't it. They have one. There's one done, apparently. There's screenshots on Reddit and everything. Like They're like, it's finished. Just waiting on Nintendo to announce it and release it. Like, here's a Fire Emblem game. Cause, and that makes some sense because uh, when this game was announced, one of the things that I kept bringing up on Twitter is I'm actually kind of amazed that we're like on year five of the Switch and we only have one Fire Emblem game. Right. Because on 3DS, we were getting Fire Emblem games like every other Pokemon game. Like every 18 months, we're getting a new Fire Emblem game. And they had tons of DLC and really long tales. I think that's why everybody was making fun of them for so long. It's like, here's another Fire Emblem game. And they're putting right. all the Fire Emblem characters in Smash. It just, it felt like a an inundation of Fire Emblem. So if you're not in Fire Emblem, which a lot of, you know, Western gamers aren't, they're like, oh, can you stop? <laughs> right, but, right, right. But the other side of it is it sold. Like, I think every yeah. release that they kept releasing sold better than the last. So they kept selling. So I'm actually surprised that we've only had the one. Right. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I just am so surprised because you hear, especially like Jeff Grubb talking about all the time of like, oh, yeah, Nintendo has this game done. They're just, we'll figure out, we'll see when they're Very few it. companies, I feel like, to operate like that, right? I know. Right? Nobody like, else operate. Like, Xbox would push anything out if it was remotely right. close to being ready. It's done. <laughs> Sell it. Put it in a box. Get it on Game Pass. Let's go. Let's go. The fact yeah. that they showed any restraint at all pushing out um, Starfield, I think, is somewhat impressive because they yeah. definitely needed it. But yeah, Nintendo's like, nah, just put it on, put it on the. Yeah, he said for a while that that one's done. Apparently, they they ported you know Zelda games. They've got Zelda ports that, yep. that are done. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're just hanging on stuff. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> Switch is still selling, you know. So like, if yep. so if they'll start to slip a little bit, then suddenly, hey, we'll just announce this thing and we can release it soon and another game. So there you go. Uh, my, my final game then obviously would be Horizon. Probably not surprising to anyone. I don't know that I need to talk about it anymore. Really, really love the game. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. I think a, a quality sequel that addressed most concerns that people had with the main game and just a, an attention to detail that, you know, for better or for worse, that's what happens when you can spend, you know, tens and potentially hundreds of millions of dollars on games. Uh, you get some attention to detail that you just don't see elsewhere. And that's why. That's true. You know why? I, while I love independent games, and I will still continue to play indie games, that's why I really like a really good first-party game every once in a while. Like it's well, just it's special. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely it's special that you could have such like an epic, you know, just wrapped up and delivered to you. I mean, it's such a giant game. It's such a big game. It's such a beautiful game. It plays so well, and you know, like there's you know, I don't know how much they spent making it, but you know, definitely hundreds of millions. I'm hoping, I'm sure at some yeah. point they'll break even, make their money back. Um, Cause it's a big popular IP, but you know, it's just, yeah, that's the only, you can only do something like that. You know, if somebody's bankrolling, you yep. know, your venture, yeah. um, you know, I think a lot of people will probably be like, well, why isn't Assassin's Creed like this? It's like, well, they can't sit there and just build this thing for like seven years. Right. They've got to make money. So yeah. they got to release games. Um, you know, horizon is horizon is fantastic. And you're, you were spot on. Um, especially we should get games like that and we should, and we should cherish them when they happen. That's yeah. the other thing, you know, cause if, if we don't, if we keep 
you know, throwing them out the water. We're like, oh, it's too long or it's outside. It's welcome. Or I don't have time for this. Or anything. like you start doing that and those games will go away. Yeah. And we'll have more and more live service games. <laughs> that we will. That we will. You know? Which I think we're going to get anyway. But yeah. Um, I don't have any particular thoughts, so I'll just run off a couple that I just jotted down. Yeah. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo, WWE, Legacy of Thieves. And this one doesn't count because it came out last year. But for me, I played it this year in Cyberpunk. Mm. um i love cyberpunk when i went and played it and i thought it was great um, yeah i actually i i have it i just haven't played it yet but I've, i i have been meaning to play that game uh now that it is now it's has playable. like all the patches for next gen and all that good yeah. stuff so yeah and when i got my spiffy computer i threw it up on there and let it rip and it was great a bit a bit uh i think like somewhat convoluted or like disjointed maybe mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think as an open world game, it really flows well. I think maybe as a more linear experience, it may have made more sense. Yeah. Um, like it's like a big world, but it doesn't really feel like an open world, like like in a way that like GTA five or Ragnarok right. or anything else does. Have you played the mafia games? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does Love it feel them. kind of like that where it's like, hey, kind it's an of. open world, but you really just go to a mission? Yeah, there's really and... nothing going on. You just kind of go to the point. Yeah, that's that's really exactly what it is. Yeah, it's more like that. I love those Mafia games. Those remasters, whoo! Yeah, those I, remasters were beautiful, man. They were gorgeous. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I only play. I played the first one, and I the second one is now on whatever, whichever PlayStation service that I have. I don't remember which one. The second one, extra, whatever. I think that was the last one I played. Right? Was that the newest one that came out? The- Mafia Three was the newest. No, Mafia Three is the newest game, but the Mafia Two was remastered. I think that was yes. the latest release. Yes, that, that one right, is yeah. excellent. Okay, it's really like just visually, it's really good. I was just gotcha. like, God, this game looks so good. I remember <laughs> it was right before next gen, and all the talk was about ray tracing and puddles and everything. And I was playing Mafia Two Remastered. And I was like, who needs any of that? Look at the lighting <laughs> in this game. Look at the reflections here. Like they've killed it. It looked it looked great on last gen hardware. Right. Um. So I definitely, I would definitely recommend that you go back and do those um the only other one that would come to mind would be dying light 2 which i definitely loved like plowed through i just i my opinion of it isn't so grand that i would throw it like on a game of the year list gotcha i like the original dying light more okay okay good to know yeah i i started playing dying light 2 and um yeah i really struggled with staying with it i don't know there was just something about it that i i yeah i don't know i still have installed so I i had a lot of fun i mean it's still fun to just you know parkour zombies in the face right i definitely enjoyed the game story was yeah there's this really cool moment is it okay to like talk about that game now like is it beyond? i think so yeah i mean yeah, there's a moment in the game where they blow the city up and they blow the city up like the whole thing like smoke fills the whole city you're you're gliding through like a, a giant atomic bomb i was like this is rad <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool i wish more games did this um but the structure in the, the narrative structure the plot and even like some of the mission structure in that game felt unfinished yeah there were literally points where i had to walk or glide my way like three thousand meters across the map would get there pass out and just wake up and have to go back and like that was the mission like what the hell is going on right i guess the the hard part was figuring out how to get there but like it's not really if you can glide it's not a hard thing to do like if you can fly (laughs) like there's no figuring out i don't know it was a little weird there's stuff like that that i would you know like i enjoyed it i finished it i'm glad i'll go back to it when the dlc comes out um i had a lot of fun with it but i wouldn't like kirby is more of a 
game of the year contender in my mind than that game. Gotcha. Awesome. Listeners, obviously, if you have, you know, thoughts, favorite games so far this year, as we're hit the halfway point, definitely let us know. We'd love to hear that. Uh, Donnie, did you have a topic you wanted to cover this week or do you? I threw one together. Um, I logged in about 10 minutes before we went live and I saw you had me bulleted down here. So I threw one together and it's a, it's a current news topic. So this week we learned that apparently Rockstar has canceled or postponed projects to remaster a couple of games and Mm -hmm. re-release them uh, in, in instead of turning their focus to GTA six. So my question to you is strictly, what do you want from Rockstar? And the reason that I say that is we know that Laszlo has left. Dan Hauser has left. Mm -hmm. The director of GTA five left a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems like all of the news that I think we've heard out of Rockstar is people leaving. I haven't really heard of like any influx of talent or anything coming in. And it seems like the people that are leaving have a lot of fingerprint, like a lot of GTA DNA Mm -hmm. that are leaving. Um, And then also like after Red Dead Redemption 2, which completely missed the mark for me, and there was a lot of stories about their crunch as we know and all that like the also the other thing i'm thinking about is in in a world i think i was trying to think of how to say this because i was going to say in a world that is um less likely to accept something like the satire of grand theft auto but i don't think that's true i think in like a gaming like echo chamber like in the gaming coverage conversation i think that might be true GTA five still sold like 150 million units or whatever, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, so there's still a lot of people out there that really like GTA, but I get the sense that a lot of the conversation around GTA is wanting it to change. Uh, I retweeted this weekend, uh, an article from PC gamer that was like, I would like GTA to be more like red dead redemption. I was like, don't like that. I don't want that at all. That sounds awful. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's yeah. the worst thing, but I'm wondering um, am I alone in feeling like that? And just what, what do you, what do you want from rockstar? What do you think people want from rockstar? And do you think they can deliver? Cause it's been a long time since GTA five and you got to think that we are like, could GTA be revealed next year? I definitely think we're playing the next GTA in the next what? Three years. You gotta be. You think so? Don't we? I, oh, that's a really because at question. some point they have to release another game if they're going to take all of their other projects and like they're paying all of the people that work in their studio to make this game at some point it's yeah. got to release what real quick just to help give you perspective what is your favorite rockstar game vice city grand theft auto 5 and the midnight club okay probably so, yeah, in that order this is where I am going to be a another weird person when it comes to video games. I'm not a huge Rockstar Games fan. Okay. I, I, I like I like I played Red Dead, liked it fine. Uh I the first Do GTA you like it more I, than the first Red Dead? What's that? I'm sorry, you said you played Red Dead. Do you mean I, I took oh, yeah, it Red as Dead, yeah, Red the first Red, Red, yeah, I played the first Red Dead, liked it fine. Okay uh gta 5 was really my first gta since like gta 3 okay like i skipped like all pretty much everything in between there sure um and i didn't even finish gta 5 uh as far as like the story i played online for like 40 minutes it was like this is not like my thing i've never touched gta online you know uh bought red dead redemption 2 played that for you know solid 10 hours probably 
uh and that was it like i'm just not a huge rockstar fan um and i know that is i am looking forward much more forward to the max Payne remakes from remedy sure that rockstar is helping finance than i am looking forward to gta 6 um so for me to get me excited about a gta 6 they do need to do something different because what they've done with gta is not something that has been interesting to me now I recognize that there's a whole lot of people who love those games. So if they just want to continue to do more of what they're doing, that's, I think that's fine. Uh, do you? It, so I, I think I if think... they do more of their American satire stuff, I think they're going to start seeing more teeth from people. Yeah. But you like, see okay, what so... people, how people treat far cry and stuff. And it's like GTA gets some of that, like with hot coffee and stuff. Like it's definitely been a little taboo or boundary yeah. pushing. But I feel like it hasn't fully felt like the pushback um, yet. But don't you think that if it doesn't get the pushback, that just means that it's actually it's okay. a diluted version of itself, right? You Maybe. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I think if, if, if GTA 6 comes out and no one has concerns about it. Then it's not hitting hard enough. It, it, right. That, to me, I, I, I don't know. Sure. Like I, I, I feel like part of what gta does and the the intent of what gta is 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 to continually push the limits to continue to push that line forward and and see where that line is and sometimes they miss but when you have a game that's going to be x number of hours long chances are you are probably going to miss in that point um you know i so i i don't i don't want to say that i want them to like crash and burn and like be so over the top that they they you know get criticized to do that either yeah you know but i I do feel like that if they aren't doing something that is having a conversation happen in the you know enthusiast press then i I would be i I would feel like that probably for them would not be a good thing because then i think we're probably too similar to gta 5 and maybe people would buy that you know 100 however many million people played gta 5 so i think that this game is going to sell but I think if the game is going to continue to sell very, very well or try to, you know, hit 100 million games sold type of a situation, I think it's going to have to combine everything GTA 5 did, make it better and push the limits even more than they already have been. Um, and I haven't gone back. Like, I don't know if in context of today, like, is GTA 5 still edgy? I don't even know. Like, I, the only thing I really remember being super edgy when I played it, and I obviously, like I said, didn't finish it, was the whole torture thing, which I was like, well, this is pretty yeah, intense. But- you know, it was it was somewhat satirical of american american like millennial culture yeah. facebook you know life yeah. hacker that type of stuff which i always enjoy because it feels current um but that's not always and that's the other thing it's not always been their legacy right like they've done vice city and three and stuff like i wouldn't be opposed to you know a mafia story just like mm-hmm. going more simpler either but i really liked that that gta 5 part of it and even in the older the games that focus in different stories there's always been that um satirical element to to their writing and i've always yeah. thought it was witty and i enjoyed it and it's a big reason why i was always a fan and it's why i always wanted to play the campaigns um so just just you know seeing that pc gamer article man i was like man i definitely could realize a world where they do that and it gets like massive outlash you know because I've, i definitely feel like people push back on that stuff more than ever now right um and um so and but even outside of that like even outside of that part, just table that, I did not like Red Dead Redemption 2 <laughs> mm. at all. And, you know, just to hear somebody be like, I want more of that. I'm like, oh, oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> that's, that's worse. What are you doing? But even like with Laszlo leaving and, and, and Dan leaving and all, you know, it just, I don't even, 
I think that's the point I even asked. I don't even know what I want GTA six to be like at this point. I just want it to be good, but I'm worried. Right. I'm worried. I think that's more or less ultimately how I'm feeling is I'm just worried. Like I, I need them to show me, show me something or tell me something. Um, Cause they're working on it with Red Dead was what? 2018. Yeah. Red Dead two was 2018. Yep. That was four years ago. Yeah. And it's been over what? 10 years since GTA five came out. Because GTA five came out in 2013, 13, so almost 10 years. So I'd imagine that we should see GTA 6 revealed in the next two years and then released, I would say, in the next three, I would say. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Because, yeah, if you figure 2013 to I wouldn't be surprised at all years. if they announce it next year and release it next year. But I would I would bet on an unveiling next year and then release it the following year. It's probably yeah, what I, I would bet on. I mean, they are in a point where you would think that eventually they need to release another game, but obviously GTA Online still seems to be making the money hand over That's fist. That's another part of it. I'm so worried that their online moneymaker has become such a stalwart that, like, does that mean that the game becomes, like, less of a focus? It's a smaller yeah. campaign. It's a smaller thing, and it's just more geared to online. Well, because there was no single-player DLC, you know, which they had had some really good DLCs in the past from what everyone mm-hmm. says. Um, and there was none of that. And Red Dead Online is basically dead at this point. Yeah, they, they uh, shut that down. Yeah, that they're basically going into maintenance mode for that. Not technically maintenance mode, but not providing the same content updates that they are going to um, do for GTA Online because those people are moving on to GTA 6. And I, I just really think that for me to be excited about GTA 6, whenever it's revealed, it needs to surprise me. Okay. I don't know what that is, but that's really what I'd want is to be surprised. Yeah, I don't even know what what the there's been so much rumors and speculation of what they were going to do. I think at one point right. it was supposed to be like back in the 80s or like Miami and then it was supposed to be super super current and modern day. I have no idea. Yeah. I just know that I feel like the bar, do you feel like the bar is the bar is going to be like insanely high? Yeah. I don't I don't know that they're going to be able to hit it. Neither do I. Just with how high it is, not, you yeah. know, like it I mean, be GTA 5. GTA 5 was so ahead of its day. Yeah. Like when it came out, it was such like a next gen modern game that came out, you know, last gen stuff. I mean, it was just such a, a big thing. Um, yeah, I think the the bar is going to be super high for them and they'll probably fall short of it. But I, I still hope it, I love Grand Theft Auto. Still playing even the remasters that came out and were uh, a train wreck. I still play them. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess for me to really be excited, they need to re-reveal Agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll never die that, that'll never happen is what you mean by that's true that's true both of those yeah. things are true yeah true yeah awesome hey really quick i did want to ask you about this topic though um though i want to be respectful of your time here um because it actually has to do with a horror movie which is where i heard this conversation so i wanted okay. to ask you about it so i was listening to a um movie podcast that, that was reviewing um mad god did you watch mad god on shutter nope Okay, so Mad God is this new Phil Tippett um, joint of it is all um, stop motion animation. Nope, I did. Yeah. Oh, you I did see, watch it. I did watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so this review is happening for this for, of the movie, and one of the reviewers, like basically, what they talked about was that <clears throat> you know this project was a passion it's project. Pretty wild. Yeah, I've heard it's wild. I actually pretty am wild stuff. Up for, yeah. I'm going to probably sign up for a free Shutter account to watch it because I've heard pretty wild stuff about it. And I want to check it out. Um, but that because of the labor of love and the fact that like people came and volunteered and did all these things like that, essentially the suffering of the artist 
made this art more worthwhile and like more worthy of our praise basically then if this had been something released by you know Universal. Uh, the mega machine corporate sure. machine that's spending hundreds of millions of dollars with marketing and yada 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 right so the suffering does the suffering of the artist make art better donnie uh no i think that's bullshit but the <laughs> but the realistic answer is yeah at least in the terms of like some art like when i think when you say art and i start thinking paintings the answer to that's like absolutely true <laughs> Like if you like the people that buy art paintings and stuff, they love a sufferable artist. Like the history is filled with these poor, homeless right. artists whose works are worth millions of dollars in the afterlife. Like so, like in in some respects, that can be true. But just general art in terms of creating products, you know, like just creation. No, I don't. I don't believe that to be the case. So, do you think then, when we're talking about? game of the year and having those conversations you know there's a lot of worry that the triple a mega blockbusters push out you know these indie games right that these small independent projects don't get the same recognition as your elden rings and things like that do so how do you balance then you know ensuring that these small games are lifted up evaluated compared in a way that is equitable to you know an elden ring a horizon a breath of the wild 2 when it comes out like how do you ensure that you know the things that are being that hundreds of millions of dollars are being spent on aren't being pushed out aren't pushing out these smaller projects that are they are quote-unquote passion things i mean in the gaming space they are because what we do is we just create a bucket for those games and they're not considered anymore and it's one of my biggest things that i have one of my th- reasons that I don't like the Keeleys in the Game of the Year awards, mm-hmm. and I've said this for many years, is that very reason. It's that there is a uh, a preconceived notion of what a Game of the Year is. It has to be um, a certain type of production. It has to be a certain amount of hours long. It has to have been played by a certain group of people that are favored, that like favorite. That's a big reason why sports games never get included. Mm-hmm. because the amount of people that vote on them just don't vote for sports games like it's right. it's not very equitable at all like that the process is very equitable at all um i often i would take shots at it because i would often i would tease kevin is uh certain games just don't have enough cutscenes to be included <laughs> like you just have to have a certain amount of cutscenes to be right. a game of the year contender if you don't have yeah. a certain amount of sad narrative cutscenes, you just don't make it um and that's me being cynical but it's it's not it's not not true. Like if you go back and look at most of the contenders, yeah, the majority of the contenders, like outside of something out of left field, right? Like every now and again, you'll have like um, like an Overwatch or something. But like even that was like you know a Blizzard joint. You know, yeah. it's still like a big thing. But yeah, we have amazing indie games that take over. Like right now, actually, what's the indie game that everybody is losing their uh, neon, neon white? white? Yeah, that's really getting a lot of traction. It's up there yeah. in the Twitch boards and people are really excited for it. Um, I know Jeff's been playing it at nauseum. I know Mike's playing it crazy. Um, you know, like I seeing it out there, I hear people talking about it and I guarantee you it will not be on the game of the year list. Like at the Keeleys. And if it is, it will get like a, a notion. It's not going to win. <laughs> yeah, it will like be, it'll be the one indie that makes the, the of cut. course yeah like yeah. and i feel like sometimes they do kind of do that like token appearance you know like they'll mm-hmm. throw hades a bone like see 
Hades, you've made it. But a lot of people really loved Hades. And a lot of yeah. people that love Hades would tell you it's their game of the year. Um, and there are indie games that I think jump into that category. You know, I think of things like Hollow Knight. Yeah. You know, that's you know, like I couldn't finish it. It's tougher for me. But even I could recognize like the greatness that is Hollow Knight. I'm like that's, that's a really great game. Um, so every now and again, we have those types of games They're like a Fortnite. You know, like when that thing exploded, how did it not win game of the year? Like it <laughs> obviously true. was the game of the year. See, to me, when I always think of game of the year, you know, and me and Dev always argue this. And I think every year we do this little dance <laughs> on the podcast. I've got two things, right? My favorite game of the year. Mm-hmm. And then what I think is the game of the year. When I think right. game of the year, I think topical, the conversation, mm-hmm. the story. What tells this year's story? Like, what was the game of the year? That's usually, most years, really easy. <laughs> like, it's really easy. Like, we usually have, I don't know, three or four games that yeah. really broke through and became the game. Yeah. You know? And uh, so, yeah, I've never liked those categories, but um, I'm sitting here just talking at this point. Um, but, yeah, so, like, on the indie space... They definitely don't get um, a fair shake. Um, I don't know how that relates to artists suffering. I guess maybe just, <laughs> they've, they've got to work harder, I guess, to, to get there. But, yeah. I, I just thought it was very uh, – one of the big things that I see is different between you know the movie industry and video games is it tends to be in games, the biggest games of the year, when, biggest games – which include highest grossing, highest rated, like all those sure. stuff, tend to be the biggest games, the big AAA games that are released yep. each year. In the film world, almost never yeah, it's is true. the highest grossing movie winning any film of the year awards. There is a lot of, you know, um, they, they respect, I guess, the art, the medium. You know, there's a lot of effort to put, you know, to, to shine a light on less successful films that, you know, either feature like great storytelling or a great, you know, script or a great performance. You can have incredible performances and terrible movies. Yeah. You know? So do you think with time, because since games are so much younger, do you think in time that the game awards in video games will start to represent more like the movie awards do for no. movies? Or do you think it'll always be focused on the big games? Yeah, I don't. Because I don't think they're the same. Um, I don't think games and movies are comparable like that. And uh, I'm actually glad... I'm going to save this for my podcast later, but I've got another tangent to take off on this, but a main difference, because we had somebody ask me a question last week that I didn't get on the show, but I have like an, uh, an answer like locked and loaded, but I'll just go ahead and tease it here. The main difference is that those are um, like in movies and stuff. Those are uh, human performances, right? You know, like that, that are either visible and you see them and it's not nearly the same when it's just a voice actor and it's not to demean the voice actor. It's just, it's not as synonymous with them because they're mm-hmm. not, Right. It takes into account, you've got to take into account the game programmer, uh, the game play design, you know, like the video games are just not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, uh, I think the cynical side of me will tell you that video games is a market that makes billions of dollars. Yeah. And publishers make billions of dollars and they, they fund studios to the cost of hundreds of millions of dollars to place these extremely risky, costly bets and I think those marketing dollars will always ensure mm-hmm. that they get the rub that they deserve. Is that the, the best, most cynical way of putting it? 
I don't know that it's cynical. Well, I don't know that that's cynical, but I think it makes I sense. I feel like and, it's realist. Well, and I think the big difference, too, would be like. You can't not put like, on a Game Awards show without Ubisoft and Nintendo and right. Xbox. And oh, they ain't sure. going to keep showing up if neon white wins all the awards like and i don't mean like i don't mean to say that like they're like they're trying to keep people out they're not right but their participation comes with a caveat and another thing i think this is something you and i have discussed i think every year that the keely's been on everybody gets an award yeah everybody like every player that shows up with an announcement walks away with something they all get their moment on the on on the stage everybody yeah. That's why we get these weird categories where, you know, <laughs> Nintendo wins sports game or racing game or like like every they work everybody in. And I get it. I understand why. If I was running it, I probably would, too. Like there's mm-hmm. there are reasons that that stuff is happening. Yeah, I I do think it helps to that for better or for worse. I, no, I think just for better. You know, the, the big AAA games in general that we're getting are pretty exceptional games. It's not like oh, these yeah. games are like bad and then winning things are like what that doesn't make any sense like yeah maybe it wasn't for someone like maybe a specific game you know wasn't for everyone but you can't necessarily like the game is still well made well crafted you know video game that we're playing so yeah the year that always makes it hard the year that edith finch came out you and i both said it was our game of the year that year right yeah love that game yeah Yeah, i love that game too and i wish there was more of that um but i think that's why they categorize them they'll put them in their box and like if you're an independent studio the best you can do is indie game of the year that's your ceiling and you you won't break out of that yeah and that's you know like i don't know is that a good or bad thing i mean you could argue that you know for a studio that's that small and that it's a that game that that category is probably my favorite category every year yeah because it's the most diverse category it is it brings it's probably it's not only the most diverse category in terms of styles and types of games that are nominated, but it also probably is the, 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 the group, the category has the most turnover year to year, mm-hmm. you know, all different kinds of games from all different kinds of publishers and developers come through that category. Um, if anything, I think you could make those categories. We could have multiple independent game categories. You could do, you, you honestly could do an entire independent game showcase. Like you could do an oh, entire independent game awards. That would be really cool. I actually, I, I would be really interested in something like that. I would watch that. And then it would just be, you know, every game from Annapurna and Devolver. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> I, yeah, like I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Uh, one of All my right. most anticipated games of this year, and one of my favorite games that I've played so far this year, is Cult of the Lamp. Yeah, no, I'm really I looking forward to demo, that. I played the demo, and I loved it. I cannot wait to play it. So, yeah, uh, well, I'm yeah here I mean. It strays out in like a week yes Cult of the lamb in august Another like one. yeah so mm-hmm. there there are definitely many an indie game still coming this year that i'm stoked about so all right well hey with that we're going to move towards wrapping the show up and give our recommendations for a well-rounded life obviously we're a gaming podcast but we want to give you one other thing that we're currently into that is helping us live that well-rounded life donnie would you like to go first or would you like to give me have me give my recommendation first no i definitely would like to go first because i i thought about this on my on my uh my I was, I forgot the word I was going to say. I was driving out earlier and I was thinking about this. Um, the first thing I was going to say before I came to a clear thought was I was going to tell everybody, just make sure you get a really good night's sleep, especially on Sundays. Like I prioritize sleep on Sundays because you got to start the next day and nobody ever starts the week off tired. So I think it's smart. Do all your damage on Friday, Saturday night, get a good night's sleep on Sunday. Um, but what I was going to recommend is one of my favorite things to do is to drive. I like to just go out and take my cars out and drive around. 
But the reason being is I, I, I've oddly become almost addicted to wanting to consume music in my car. Uh, more so like I, I rarely listen to music at home. Like if I'm in a hot tub or something, I'll throw tunes on, but I'm not, I'm not an active listener of music, you know, but when I'm in my car, I'm an active listener to music. I feel like I just, I turn it up way louder. I'm listening to all the words. Like I'm just taking it in more. Mm-hmm. So I want to tell everybody to go out there, take a drive, roll the windows down, get some sunshine, get some air and put on some music. And if you're looking for a recommendation, listen to the new album drop from metric Formentera. Um, it came out this weekend and it's nine, a nine track album. And, uh, I love, I don't know, four song, four or five songs from the album. So I love half the album. Um, it's definitely got this more ethereal, synthy stranger things vibe than, um, some of their previous records that are tend to lean more rockish, a lot of synthesizers and, and electronic, you know, kind of guitar type sounds. So if you're into that type of stuff, um, give that one a try. But if not, man, just get out there and just, just hit the road. Turn on the tunes. Awesome. That's a great recommendation. Uh, my first rec- my recommendation uh, is a show on FX slash Hulu, uh, which apparently is like all I watch these days, it seems like. Uh, and that is The Old Man, uh, which stars a 70-plus-year-old Jeff Bridges. Wow. As, yeah, Jeff Bridges in his 70s. Uh, as, quote-unquote, as, as the old man. As an old man. Yeah. As an old man. Uh, he and John Lithgow, another old man in his 70s, um, are, are who are in this, uh, this show. But... Um, Jeff Bridges' character, he plays a guy called uh, Dan Chase, who is a former CIA officer who has been living off the grid and now finds himself in a situation where he needs to go on the run. So imagine a 70-year-old guy deciding that, hey, I, I really want to live still, so I need to try to go on the run. Like, the literally, the very, the way the show starts, first scene of the show, is him sleeping and then waking up like four times in the middle of the night to pee. And like when he pees, <laughs> it's like a dribble and then a stop and then a dribble and then a stop and then a dribble. And then he goes back to bed, wakes up two hours later and pees again. <laughs> like that's literally how the show starts. Uh, but it's great. It's really, really good. The acting is exceptional. Um, and it, it it really is just this. Um, it, it takes its time. But I was going to make a I was going to make a Bond joke. Because you were like, imagine the seven-year-old guy on the run. I was like, wasn't that just the James Bond movie? <laughs> <laughs> like a much more realistic that. look. Uh, but it, it's great. So like I said, it is, it is slow a little bit. It definitely is going to be a little crunchy to chew on. Uh, but the cinematography is great. The story is really interesting. The acting is exceptional. Um, it's still in progress. What's like that? Drama. It's yeah, very dramatic. Drama. So... Um, but yeah, so no, I know I've probably made it sound like a study as a comedy, but no, it is definitely a drama. <laughs> it is a drama, drama, drama. I did laugh at the very beginning, though, pretty hard because I was like, when oh, you man. first started talking, I was like, oh, it's like a grumpier old man kind of thing. And then as you kept that, I was like, definitely not. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not. not. I don't definitely think so. not. Um, I think the first seven, five episodes are out. I think this is going to be an eight episode season. Um, but yeah, that's the old man on FX, which you can also watch on Hulu the next day if you'd like to. So. Awesome. Well, with that, we're going to kind of wrap things up. Donnie, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to tell the listeners about? Any Where you want to send them to keep up with you? Uh, no, man. Just find us on PSVG. Come join the Discord. Come hang out with us. Um, listen to play some video games every Wednesday night. Awesome. Uh, so, hey, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram, like I talked about before, at Board with VG, you can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. And if you would like to communicate via email, you can find us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. 
and use that hashtag board with DG on all the social media so we can find out all the things that you're doing. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.